we have our first big event here. We're just getting things started, but we figured, you know, we are after, it's after 10. So we will kind of just get this going. So we are just getting our stuff together. We're getting ready for our guest in a minute. If you guys haven't joined us before, thank you so much. We're going to start doing at least one of these big events a year, or I mean a month. And we are going to, um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, do, uh, do a one big event a month. And we will, um, you know, get our guests on. And basically what it is will be a mixture of multiple of our uh, things that we do. Um, let me see. Hold on, guys. Computer's acting up. Um, let's see. Let me try this again. All right. Um, did that work? Let's see. Oh, come on. Where are you? And I might just have her read off her vision board because apparently it's not working. So, um, all right, guys. So we are going to do just a bunch of our more popular topics for the day. It is just a regular 10 a.m. video, but we're just going to have a little extra fun. And without further ado, whew, let's see. Okay, I got my thing ready. Let's go. Let's welcome back. Eat ever lovely, Victoria. <laughs> All right, you guys. So, as I was saying before all the computer stuff, thank you for joining us. We appreciate the support. Today, it's actually Ultra Universe Live. I know I was going to screw up, but it's fine. It happens. It's <laughs> going to be a amalgamation of some of our different things I like to do, including one thing that we're doing as a new activity, but it's going to be part of an activity series we'll do in the future. First up, let's just jump in. One of our most popular videos that we did or been doing last year is our top 10 or best of list. And those consist of 10 of our favorite things or any given topic. And I thought, what's better than cute puppies? So we're gonna break down 10 dogs that you may or may not have heard of and jump it in. Jump into number 10, it's gonna go right over to our guest first off because she knows this category well. We can't have dogs without the ever-loved Pluto. So take it away with Pluto for a little bit. Oh, Pluto is just the most adorable little thing. Uh, gets himself into trouble, likes to chase chipmunks, uh, but loves his his uh, his little owner, uh, Mickey Mouse. And uh, <laughs> I like Pluto because it reminds, well, okay, it reminds me of one of my brothers, but um, it also, he also reminds me of a dog I used to have. And you just, you just got to love a fun, loving dog who's affectionate and kind and chases after make-believe threats. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, one of my favorite videos I saw on YouTube once was actually a, uh, a, um, a, a what's it called, a therapy dog that got so excited seeing Pluto. And actually, like, the guy in the Pluto suit lied down, and the two of them just had this, like, five-minute, you know, 
cuddling session together and this dog literally was the happiest dog in the world um but you're right though Pluto, i love it that is so wonderful it's oh my god i'll try to send you i'll try to put it up on my twitter it's a, it's a great video it's hilarious um but you're right though pluto goes back to some of the olden times at this point as being one of the first kind of few dogs that was uh written in of course being a disney dog we all know him well because it's everywhere but it's also, you know, I it, I can't think of another dog really around that time frame that really got as popular, you know, minus, let's say, Goofy, but that's kind of a more anthropomorphic dog. But, you know, Pluto definitely for the time being was really a popular, popular puppy. No, you yes. know, iteration intended. But um, so I don't know. Yeah. So you said it well. Pluto definitely is one of those dogs that always gets himself in trouble, but Mickey and Minnie and all of them, they still love him to pieces and he will guard them with his life. Yes. Number number nine up next, and this one is for you Nickelodeon fans because I could not leave this dog off the list. I mean, it was between him and the dog from Doug, but you know, this one went out. We're talking Spike from the Rugrats, probably the most best, you know, dog that he loves his kid. You know, and if you remember yes. Rugrats, Tommy was always riding on him like a horse and Spike was always getting him out of trouble. I did but, that with a dog. <laughs> yeah, well, we all probably did. Um, so Spike, to me, epitomizes really good, um, you know, friendship in cartoons. And again, this goes way back because just like with Disney, Nickelodeon cartoons that I grew up with, the 80s and 90s. So these are old school dogs. Um, and it also gave you a dog that kind of looks like a dog in a cartoon. You know, a lot of dogs yes. you draw them, they look kind of funky and they don't look like a real animal, but Spike, you know, disproportionate, his ears were kind of funky. He had the, you know, the, the muzzle. Um, but Spike to me just, you know, Spike is like Pluto. Spike is a very good dog. And no matter what, because there were some episodes I remember where, you know, they were yelling at him because they thought he was getting in trouble, but it turned out to be Angelica's cat instead. No offense to cats. What? I love mine, yeah. but you know, they're almost all the time when we saw Spike in the cartoon, everybody loved him. And you know, everybody knew that Spike was like the good dog and you know. Um, so yeah, any thoughts on that one really quick before we go on to the next one? Or, you know, I don't know how much of a regret I agree are, with but. you. It, 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 an extremely loyal dog who was always there for his owner. And it was just, it was a nice addition to the story. So Krista just wrote, I don't remember ever being a dog and Doug, but that was Porkchop, that little uh, really, you know, really smart dog that Doug had that always like oh, yeah. outsmarted Doug. About that one. And I was going to put him down, but Spike to me was a little more, you know, influential. All right, number eight, and this goes back to, actually this goes to Pixar now because this, this dog was in, uh, introduced later in the Pixar times. Of course, Slinky Dog from Toy Aww. Story. And this one yes. makes two of everybody's favorite things. Obviously, the very famous and still loved today Slinky Toy with, you know, a very cute dog that, you know, basically stretched out to infinity, more or less. Um, you got to love interesting it. interesting character. They actually give him personality. This is one of the few mm -hmm. dogs on here that actually talks. Um, yes. And it's... You know, the funny thing is you can go with or without him because he's not necessarily key to the entire story, but at the same time, well, he is, he is the very end of the last one. To, I mean, the first one. Well, I mean, he's very important to, to Woody personally because like, it's one. Woody's dog. It's Woody's dog. But, you know, 
he's definitely one of those, you know, and I know they have the ride that we talked about in one of the videos before. Um, mm -hmm. He's an interesting guy, though. I mean, he's really cute. He's funny. What do you think was going through their mind as far as other than making a toy? What what's what are we what are we supposed to get out of Slinky Dog? Well, you, I mean, first of all, so you've got the dog qualities. You've got the loyalty. You've got the supportive. Um, but you have to look at all these animators. They're they're my age or a little bit older, and so we all had the Slinkies. And to have um, the Slinky, I mean, you had to have the Slinky, but if you had just a boring Slinky, yeah, that wouldn't be very interesting. You wanted it to, to be one of the characters that talked because it ended up working so well. And I, I just, he, he's fun. He's become a favorite. You, you see him in the new um, um, Toy Story Land at Disney World. And... Um, I think it's great that he's a roller coaster. I think that's the funniest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> hey, that's fair enough. Um, but he, it did. It was nostalgia for the for the people who were putting together the first Toy Story, and then it kind of brought it to a new generation because you know they kind of still sold Slinkies, but they just didn't mean the same thing to my son's generation that they did to mine. So now all of a sudden, the Slinky Dog and and the Slinkies have a major comeback. All right, that's yeah. Hey, I, I kind of agree. I mean, hey, I'm one because I was I was watching History Channel once, and they did the toys that shaped America, and Slinky ah. was like in the top five of the all time toys that like, yes. you know, made a difference. So you're right, Slinky as a company definitely made a big deal. So you can, mm -hmm. so like you said, the animators who drew probably were like, hmm, what's one or two toys that people really really appreciate, and they decided. Yes. You know. They knew when they were doing Toy Story that it needed to be a um, everything had to have some feel of nostalgia. Even though we didn't have Woody toys, people my age and my parents' age will meet, remember the cowboy toys and the Howdy Doody and all those other things. And I had pull string toys back in the seventies, so you know they were tapping in each one of those toys tapped into somebody's childhood. Um, of the various generations. And I think that that's really, that's one of the reasons it was so successful. There you go. Perfectly said. I love it. All right. Number seven. And if you don't know who this guy is, you've been living in a cave this entire decade or decades. But of course, I had to pick a movie dog that just, even if you weren't a fan of the movie, you would know his or her face, because at one point they had it, you know, he had a wife and babies. I'm talking the beloved Beethoven with, of course, oh, I believe yes. it was, what was his name? Uh, Bro, uh, Brolin, right? Um, I, I no. saw the first movie, and although I did think Beethoven was absolutely adorable, um, it wasn't my kind of movie. Well, no, I, I, well, so for those who don't remember, Basically, the kids bring home, and the movie had a lot of uh, people in it. Um, God, yes. who was the dad? The dad was like an action um, guy. Oh, God, Bronson. I can't think of anybody who was in it now. That's awful. I'm embarrassed. Was it Bronson? No. No, no. Okay, well, anyway, so you'll you'll look it up for us. So anyway, I'm so look it up. basically, the kids bring home a cute little St. Bernard puppy that ends up growing into this gigantic-sized dog that we all know, you know, they are one of the bigger breeds out there. But Beethoven, for the generation, was like the Marmaduke 
or like, you know, yes. Scooby-Doo, which we're going to bring up later, actually. But Beethoven generally, for me, epitomized like the comedy and the real life of having a dog. Now, I think you have a dog at home right too, right? You have dogs? Yes. Okay. So for anybody who has a dog, Beethoven should be appreciated because it's got the ups, it's got the downs. But at the end of the day, even the dad who hated the dog ended up becoming the biggest love of this dog. Did you did you find his name? Who played him? Uh, the, the dad was played by Charles Grodin, who was a comedian. Grodin, thank you. Ironically, it had Dean Jones, and Dean Jones was a Disney actor. And you might remember him from The Ugliest Dash Hound. Where he got a great oh, well, Dane puppy, so from... and his wife raised prize dash hounds, and the dash hounds always got the the um, great Dane in trouble. But I mean, they had everyone: David Duchovny, Patricia Heaton, Stanley yeah. Tucci, Oliver Platt, Bonnie Hunt played the mother. I mean, my goodness, that was a stellar cast. Well, no, the first, I mean, the first one I know had a, had everybody in it. And again, yes. you know, this was the 80s and 90s. So this was when still everybody was still pretty much acting anyway. But, um, and I think even the kids, some of them were from like Step by Step and some of them were from some other ABC shows. Um, but okay, Beethoven, how many Beethoven and, movies were there? Beethoven, the second, third, fourth, fifth, good Lord, help us. Oh, and they um, made all those words spin off Beethoven's Big Break. Beethoven's Treasure Tale. Okay, I think I think they they really jumped the shark with that one. Um, <laughs> so, so it looks anyway, like there's so really seven Beethoven, Beethoven, Beethoven epitomized what it meant to have a dog, which I think is why that is know, true. It's important to put it, it, it on. It here. is a it is a messy but lovely relationship. There you go. So Chantal just said, "Granddaughters love them all. They've watched ah. them all." So there you go. All right, now next up, you know me. She knows me. I'm a pokey freak, so I had to put a few on here. And you may not like it, but I do. Though actually two of these, since you did tell me you watched or your son did the first season, you might recognize a couple of these. So I had to put on one of the first pseudo-legendary, Arcanine. And the funny thing about this guy here is that he's just a regular Pokemon, nothing fancy. But the whole joke behind this particular one was in one particular episode near the beginning, I think it was episode two, Next to all of the legendary Pokemon, somebody drew in the Arcanine. So for the longest time, people thought that Arcanine was a legendary type Pokemon. And people were getting all pissed off because they're like, I never caught that one in the game. That was never legendary in the game. It turns out the title, because they, they typed them, right? So every Pokemon is a type. This one is known as the legendary Pokemon. Not a legendary Pokemon, but the legendary Pokemon. And this guy right here actually, I think, is a mix of some of our favorites. We got the size of Beethoven. We have the love of fire that everybody has. But really, this, this dog in this, in this anime here, this was the one used by the police in the anime. So this was an actual canine police dog that the officer Jennies would use and that, you know, they would sniff out and do detective work. So I thought this was always clever because rarely did I watch a cartoon that literally made a fake uh, thing actually do something that has a real life purpose in the real world. Um, so I, I know you said your son watched it. Does he remember any specifics on any of these type of things here, or is it kind of something he just watched well, with you? Honey, he, he's got about 3,000 pokey cards. Um, he has every switch game, every. Uh, oh, yeah, no, we were just going through his stuff because he's packing up to move out. 
And, and I was just like, so you can take that dresser and just fill it with your pokey and your Dragon Ball Z cards. She's like, I don't know if it's big enough. <laughs> so okay. the answer is yes. Yes. No, the, he, he just ordered the two foot Snorlax from Build-A-Bear. <laughs> okay. I, I, we I have stand, an issue in our family. I stand correct. Oh, I know you do. Um, all right. Next one up here. And we're going to jump back to the mainstream. Of course, people would hate me if I didn't put in Snoopy. I mean, come on now. Snoopy, actually, and I take that back because I was thinking about Pluto being the original. I think Snoopy might have been just as old as Pluto, I think. When no. Peanuts no? came much later. Oh, it did. So even the comic Peanuts. Yes. Okay, okay. So let's jump in then. What, you know, other than being just adorable and always making fun of Charlie Brown, what makes Snoopy so iconic? And why does, you know, why is he the one that always gets afloat in the parade? Well, first of all, okay, so he's the Red Baron, or he fights the Red Baron. I'm sorry, he fights right. the Red Baron. His best friend is Tweety Bird. Oh, not Tweety. Oh, good Lord. I'm, oh, I'm losing out. it. I know, I know. You're banned. Know. No more. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, Woodstock. Uh, Woodstock, thank you. I know, I even have a Woodstock. It belonged to my father-in-law. And um, I, I just, there was something about Snoopy, never says a word, but says so much. You know, um, the book from the 70s is something like Love is a Warm Puppy. Um, and it was a, it was a Charles Schultz book. Okay. Um, it just, yeah, um, Peanuts dates back to the 50s, whereas Pluto dates back to the 30s. But, oh, okay. um, yeah, I know. <laughs> They're all really old anyway. Snoopy is always fun. Surprises you. You, you know, turns uh, the the Charlie Brown Christmas tree from a sad stick to a magnificent tree, decorates his his um, dog house, walks around with his dog bowl to go find Charlie Brown to say, "Feed me." Uh -oh, a second, my technology's loud. Oh, there you go. I can see you, I just can't hear you. <laughs> okay, we are gonna take a short hiatus here. Um, and I'm gonna uh, read down the list really quick. I'm not sure how long it'll take her to come back. So as she was mentioning, Snoopy obviously is an iconic character and everybody knows who it is. Number four, we have Scooby-Doo. And just like Beethoven, if you don't know Scooby-Doo, then where have you been? Just like Beethoven, Scooby-Doo is a great dame. And oh, you're back. yes. And just like uh, just like Beethoven, Scooby-Doo, you know, well, well Sco okay, Scooby-Doo could kind of talk a little bit. He talked in his weird voice. It was the, <laughs> the guy who basically voiced every cartoon character in the world, uh, Welker, Frank Welker, I believe. Um but Scooby-Doo, just like all the rest of these guys, is just downright funny. And, of course, you know, I might even go into the, the jokes, the adult jokes here, because this is a family-friendly show. But Scooby and Shaggy are, like, the funniest duo ever. And they're both, you know, every time Scooby-Doo would do something, he's like, well, you do it for a Scooby snack? And he's like, sure. And all of a sudden, Scooby was like, 
you know, on the run. Super strong. Exactly. Super dog. So Scooby-Doo, just like Beethoven, is one of those characters from the 80s and 90s. Of course, they had, you know, the super uh, 60s. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Excuse the very me. first Scooby-Doo series started in the late 60s. I watched it religiously in the 70s. So... <laughs> Now, there are different versions, of course, of Scooby-Doo. You've got the original series. Then, you know, then they added a pup named Scooby-Doo, and they had, um, which my son loves. That's from my son's um, time period. And he he owns the entire series of a, a pup named Scooby-Doo. And then, there's, of course, there's Scrappy-Doo. Oh, God, what's the name of his cousin from the Ozarks? Um, oh, the really weird one with the hat. Yes, yes. But you know, Scooby Doo was part was like the one of the staple characters of Hanna Barbera, with um, I mean, he was everywhere. That when I was a kid, they did they used to do um, a TV show that was um, you know, uh, Games of the Stars, and they would do um, you know, tug of war and swimming contests and races and other things. You know, like like as uh, um a mini Olympics for celebrities. Well, they also did a cartoon version of this. And I thought that that was the funniest thing when I was a kid, but it's so great. My son still loves Scooby-Doo. So I like it. My son likes it. My nieces and nephews like it. It just, he has been multi-generational and yes, there's a little something for everybody. There you go. And we'll leave it there because, again, family-friendly show. All right, so next up is number two of three of the Pokemon, and I had to add in the cutest little addition to Sword and Shield. Its name is Yamper, and he's a Corgi. Yes, he's a Corgi. It turns out because the region here is based off of England, they decided why not give the Queen of England's favorite dog into the uh, Sword and Shield. Now, again, just another addition. The one thing Pokemon does well is they add on all of these cute little guys 98% of the time. Sometimes you're like, why am I catching flying keys? That makes no sense to me at all. But this little guy here was introduced into the Switch game, as well as the new anime series Pokemon yeah. Journeys. Um, and again, this and, it, and this is actually one of the few times, too, that it actually resembles more or less of a dog. It's got the, the, he does. the stubby corgi body. It's got the short legs. It's got the, you know, the but face. But to me, here's the funny thing. It it looks, the face looks a little bit more like a bunny rabbit. <laughs> it just does because it's got a cute little button nose. Corgis have a slightly longer face, but that's okay. It, it is adorable. I didn't realize that was the name. I just looked it up and I'm like, oh, that one. Yeah. My son showed me that picture. I'm like, that's what it's called? The Yamper. Because it and, yaps you know, everywhere. <laughs> I think he has a Build-A-Bear, too. Um, but yeah, so he's one of the ones that was just introduced recently in the anime and the game. So, of course, you said he has the Switch games. Everybody's got mm -hmm. the Switch games. So, of course, everybody's out there trying to find their little Yamper to add to their, uh, you know, team, obviously, to evolve. Number two, and this one is probably the only book iconic one, I think, like book, book literature. We're talking Toto from The Wizard of Oz. Oh. Um, yes. So this one will go obviously take you back. Of course, we have the movie version, who was a little, I think, a uh, Yorkie Terrier, something like that. Something some like that. Yeah, the, the 1939 movie. Yeah. There you go. And, you know, again, 
one of those very iconic dogs. A lot of people mm -hmm. love the small breeds anyway, so it was very easy to get people, you know, in on the idea of, oh, we're going to carry around a little puppy, you know, and this was like the, what, before everybody had the Oh, please, that dogs. had nothing to do with it. Anyway, but so, <laughs> yeah, so Toto definitely was there. And again, Toto, you know, didn't, didn't say anything. Toto didn't do much. But really, I would say Toto really stole half of the time the show because, yeah, there was all these things going on. There was flying people and all this stuff. But well, everybody... and then there's the most famous line. Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. <laughs> well, there you go, too. See? I mean, Toto even gets, like, you know, a chunk of the movie. But, um, no, Toto definitely was one of those dogs, kind of like Lassie, kind of like Buck and Call of the Wild, where you don't really necessarily put a lot of focus because you already know what they're going to do. He's far more active in the books than in the 1939 movie. And in some of the other movies, you'll see a much more animated dog. Um, so someone just asked, was Toto a different breed from the book versus the movie? I, I don't recall there ever being a list of the breed in the original books. Okay. Um, but since 1939, Toto usually has looked like um, the, the little terrier the little black terrier sort of that you saw. Of some yeah. Sort, yeah. So they pretty much kept it. Once once the the Judy Garland movie came out, that was kind of the well that's what that's what Dorothy looks like, that's what Glinda looks like, that's what the wicked witch looks like, that's what fly monkeys. And even though you might get little tweaks to it, pretty much every movie animated or live action since then has kind of stuck with the general feel of this is this, this is this, 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 and it doesn't deviate much. So everything that happened with Victor Fleming's um, version, and it's so funny because it was such a flop back in 1939. I think I watched something on that actually on PBS. Have well, 1939 is called the golden year of Hollywood simply because you had so many amazing movies that to this day are still loved and appreciated or like um, Wizard of Oz became a cult favorite once it was on TV every year. So, uh, yeah. but yes, Toto is a, is a great character. And that little, that little dog was yapped his way into all of our hearts. <laughs> well said, well said. All right. So the last one on the list, of course, got to do one more Pokemon. And this one is my favorite even though I do have Evie on my shirt. Evie is a um, honorable mention here because, you know, you got to. But I had to go with Vulpix because, again, Vulpix was one of the cutest little fox dog things ever. Of course, we know that Brock had his uh, for a little while, which wasn't actually his. He actually borrowed it from somebody else that he met, um, which is the whole joke in there, too. But Vulpix, again, is Pokemon's really good way of being creative with real-life animals. And really fun fact here, the guy who started it all even before the games he was obsessed with you know collecting bugs in the backyard he was obsessed with seeing birds he was an animal or he is an animal lover so it makes perfect sense that this guy decided to basically make and you can tell i got the posters behind me you can tell that this guy really took time at least at the beginning at this point it's you know you can make a car into a pokemon but at this at that point in time the guy really made a point of actually making animals from our the real world into these little these little crude creatures. So again, Vulpix had to be up there just because just like you know Evie and the rest, he was yeah. a key player in a lot of the episodes, a lot of the games. And you know, that face. I mean, just you want to scrunch that little face before he probably blows fire all over you. But you know, you just want to scrunch that little face. Um, all right, you guys. So that is one of our examples of a best of list. Um, oh, here we go. Somebody wrote down about Toto. Um 
Oh, okay. The Broadway play Wicked changed everybody up. Yeah, that Maybe is true. Because it was kind of a pre. Well, that, that was like that, that, yeah, and, and the and the book that Wicked is based on, or uh, the series of books that Wicked is based on, is um, turns everything on its head. And I right. love a good. I love it when they do that. <laughs> All right. Next up, and we haven't done this in a long time, but I love putting you to the test because you were always like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, all right, so we are going to do a trivia game. Now, usually we do have the, you guys at home uh, involved. So anybody who is on and wants to play along, go for it. But usually I like to put this lady here to the test to prove she really knows what she says she knows about Disney. So oh, this no, is from no, no. Okay. Throw it at we're me. Not, we're not going to go through all of them. There's 100 questions on here. But I'm going to give you maybe about 10 or so questions. Okay, let's do what, 10. See what you know. All right, now let's just, I'm going to scroll through randomly, make it different. Okay. Let's start with this one here. Which Full House character voiced Aladdin? We want the character's name, not the actor. I don't know. I never watched Full House. Oh, um, my God. I thought this was going to be an easy one. Well, I know John Stamos has a long history with um, Disney, but I don't remember him doing... The voice or the voice of Aladdin. Of course, you've got the singing voice versus the speaking voice. It, you know. All right. Well, just to make it easier for you, our question was answered. Steve is correct. Steve was uh, DJ's boyfriend in the later seasons of Full House. Oh, yeah. Would never have known that. Sorry about that. All right. So good job, Chris. That point goes to you. All right. Good job. Two. Who is Mufasa's trusted advisor? In the Lion King, his um, his brother Scar. It's a misguided, but more mm -hmm. now we're thinking more of the good guys. Wh which one of the good guys is his trusted advisor? <laughs> I'm really putting you to the test here, aren't I? Well, yeah, because you you know you're doing the period of Disney I don't like. Um. Hey, I'm going through randomly, so give well, me. Well, I don't know what whoever Polonius was in, because you know Lion King's just Hamlet. Uh, I, I don't know the names. All right, well, let's see. Uh, all right, it doesn't look like anybody on here watching. The answer here is Zazu, the hornbill that basically watched over all the ah, things. Ah, the the toucan looking thing. Yeah, the little bird that you know. Okay. Now, sorry, I, I watched Chris the movie 25 years ago. Krista um, <laughs> said she would have said Scar too, so don't feel bad. All right, number two. Oh, here we go. Now we're going to some newer stuff. Who oh, is yeah. Remy's culinary hero in Ratatouille? Julia Child. <laughs> I am really screwing you up, aren't I? <laughs> okay. I'm more of an old school. <laughs> All right, well, let's see if it's, anybody it's here Paris, has an answer. But... Um, I don't know in, I don't, I don't even know what time period that's supposed to be. I saw it once. <laughs> you only, well, I think, well, actually, I think I've only seen it twice. So, all right. Well, the answer here is Chef Gusto, who basically would be kind of like, oh, didn't he like originally owned the restaurant and the little yes. Weasley one played by John Stamos, um, like ripped him off and took it or something like that. And the ghost haunts him or I don't know, something like that. Yeah, there you go. So Chris, I have a vague memory of the movie. All right, so what is that? That was question number three. All right. Um, oh, here we go. 
Number four, what were Mickey Mouse's first ever spoken words? Hot dog. Bam, there you go. Now, I was looking up to see, do you, is there a reason why? Because I could not find an actual answer as to why it was Well, he had two completely silent films and in 1928. And then he had um, Steamboat Willie, which had synchronized sound, which was a complete innovation back then. Um, now we get synchronized sound, you know, where the sound goes with the film as we're watching it. That was unheard of back in the day. And then in 1929... They finally had him say a word, and all he said in, and it was carnival capers or something like that. And he just says hot dog because that's what he wants. He wants a hot dog. And, you uh. know, it was, just, it was just kind of a, okay, well, that's what he's going to say first. There, there was no big secret or, or anything like that. So, All right, that's fair. All right, question number five. What was the first Pixar movie? Full-length movie? Full-length. Toy Story. Toy Story. You got it. Exactly. I figured we were talking about it before. You probably remember that. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'll say about that one, but good job. Um, okay, here we go. This is a little obscure one, but let's see if you remember. Number six. What is the name of the Italian restaurant where Lady and the Tramp share spaghetti? Giuseppe's? At this point, any of these guesses will be fine because this is just a very common name. But no, that is not correct. The answer we're looking for here is Tony's Restaurant. Oh, that's right. That one I actually should have known. It's all right. It's all right. Let's see. Uh, okay, here we go. Number seven. What are the names of the fox and the hound from the movie The Fox and the Hound? Todd and... Oh my God, it's my sister's favorite film. <laughs> but every time someone says Fox and the Hound, all I can hear is, I'm a hound dog. My sister used to go around and say that all the time. Um, oh my God, I don't remember. Oh, what was the other name? I'm going to kick myself. Okay, so Todd was the fox. You are correct. The hound dog's name was Copper. Oh my gosh, that's right. Copper and Todd. All right, number eight. What name did Ursula go by when she took human form? Oh, you know I hate that movie. I absolutely hate that movie. <laughs> um, I have no idea what name she went by. No? No, I watched it once. I'd like to call her Divine since that's who she's based on, but he passed away before he was actually supposed to play Ursula, ah. but he passed away too soon. So, nope, no idea. Okay. She went by the name Vanessa. Yeah. I would have never got that one. No. Okay. That's fine. Um, okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Who was Geppetto's pet in Pinocchio? Oh my God. The cat. Um, Figaro. Figaro, there you go. One of the cutest cats there. We'll have to do a list of our yes, favorite Yes, a little black and white cat. We'll have to do a list of our favorite cats. But Figaro, probably the best part of Pinocchio, in my opinion. All right, last question here. Let's see if you can keep it up. Um, okay, here we go. This is a park question. World Showcase consists of how many countries, or at least how many did it start with? It might be more now, because it's obviously later. 
Um, well, of course, they built Epcot Center after I left that area. Um, <laughs> last time I was in Disney World was 1975. And that was five years or six years before Epcot was built. I want to say there was, let's see, Germany, England, France, Norway. Five? No, apparently, actually, at this point, there was 11. I don't, well, yeah. Never All been right, I'll give that. you one. Okay, one give me another one. Give me another one. Come on, give I'll me another one. I'll give you one more. All right. The song Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow is the theme yes. of which iconic Disney ride in the Magic Kingdom? Um, it's an Innovations. What was it called back then? Um, was it called Innovations back then? No. Nope. No. Um, America Sings was before that. And then they moved that over to there. And then, damn it. What what did they call it? Then they called it Innovations. Now it's called Launchpad. Um, Launch Bay. Um, uh, when it had the House of Tomorrow in it after the Montessori one was closed down. But this was before that. God. Oh. Okay, give it to me. I'll give you one more after this. Uh, the Carousel of Progress. Carousel of Progress. Oh, my God. You see, right. I can name every version of it from the beginning to the end. But I couldn't remember what that specific one was. All right. I'll give you one last one. What brother duo was responsible for almost all the Disney music? Sherman Brothers. There you go. Let's leave it That one was easy. Thank you for okay. the easy one. I really Last up here that. we're going to do. Uh, and I wasn't able to upload yours because it wouldn't let me. So I'll have you just kind of read yours off. But we're going to start doing activities with you guys, with uh, Victoria here. Uh, some mental health stuff and some mindfulness. And what a great thing to do for the beginning of the year is to do a vision board. So really a quick definition of vision board are things you want to put up there that you want to get done for the year. So whether it's personal, whether it's work, whether it's anything you're going to put on. So we figured we're going to share ours. So I'll put mine up first really quick. And I made mine off of Canva. So I just wrote 2022. And of course, my first thing was continue to nurture and grow the relationship with my wife. That's the two of us up there. Uh, second one was keep growing my business, the Ultra Universe logo that we're doing. I'd like to focus more on spirituality and maybe do some more reading on religion, do some more uh, stuff at home. Um, of course, as Victoria here knows, I'm continuing my mental health and physical health journey to better myself. I put this little cute red panda up there to say enjoying more nature. And then, of course, one of the most important things I'm doing today is fighting for change in the betterment of those who are being discriminated against physical, mental, or disabilities uh, throughout different types of stuff. Right now, I'm working with gaming, but of course, I want to try to do what I can for promoting better and safer and healthier worlds. So that's my vision board. You can tell that it kind of focuses a lot on betterment of myself and the world, because really after the years that we've been having, the most important things for me right now are to kind of make sure that I'm in a good place and that I can do my job better by being in a better place. So I saw yours for a minute, but I'll let you explain uh, the few things you put on yours. So, of course, I don't know how to put mine up on the screen, but for me, I 
uh, I'm focusing on my family. We're going through a big influx. I have two of my sisters live out here. I want to spend more time with them. I want to spend more time with my husband because my son is moving out. And I want to support my son in his, his moving out and his, his moving forward and not being an overbearing mother. Uh, I really don't want to be that. I never want to be that. And I just want to be supportive and everything. And of course, there's a lot of changes going on at my office right now. So I just kind of want to embrace those changes and, you know, see where it leads us next. I've, I've been with the organization for 16 years. I can just keep following along and see where we go and, and not be too apprehensive, not let it set off my anxiety. Um, I, I also have a picture of Disneyland because as often as I can get to Disneyland, which is my happy, safe place, I want to go. And I do leave on Saturday, um, providing it doesn't snow again. Um, <laughs> and then I did a quote of William Shakespeare. My first degree is in English literature, specializing in William Shakespeare and women mystic writers because I got to be special. And I loved performing Shakespeare plays. There's something I just, I have a relation. I named my son after Shakespeare, but I did a quote that says, be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness and some have greatness thrust upon them. And that's right. kind of how I feel. It's like, you know, I don't want to seek it out. I don't want to, um, I don't want to be ego driven. But if, if I, you know, wherever it is I am, whatever it is that's going on, I'm just going to be accepting of it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and try and find greatness. But if good things happen, that's just fine. Perfect. Uh, Chris is a nice quote. She likes the, uh, the sentiment. But um, that was a great board. And this is actually fun. And honestly, everybody at home, you know, there's programs you can download for free. I use Canva, mm -hmm. which is a free program. And it's just kind of fun to do. I have, you know, at home, we have some stuff in front of my computer you can't see. And it's just different words and stuff that I use to kind of like keep myself on track. Yeah. But if you guys have listened to our other mental health videos, um, you'll know that the biggest thing that she and I both agree on is just kind of getting things done in the way that you can get them done. And don't overdo it. Don't try too hard. If you can't get something done that day, no biggie. Just figure out what you want to do for the next time. It's not, you know, but this is definitely going to be something we're going to do. And then really quick, before we forget two things, we have some printables for you guys. So if you guys want some free stuff, we made you guys a maze, a, um, a, a list of uh, self-care tips, and a, a bingo mental health which is kind of cool. And it's all picture bingo. So it's little images that you can use. Um, and then she's going to come back with us. We're probably going to set it for the fifth, I believe, just out of the blue. We'll kind of give you more info, but we're going to do our first paid event in February, along with another one of these free events we're going to do as well. I was telling people before you came on, we're going to try to do this once a month of kind of a nice big event. Um, we're going to do a paid event for all you guys who want to join. And it's going to be all about communication. And we figure what a what's a better month then February, kind of the love month. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a physical relationship. It could be familial. It could be friendship. But we're going to do a, a short, uh, or not a short, a, a, a event uh, on communication from the person with the struggle and the person who is helping those with the struggle. So we're going to give you guys both ends of the spectrum to help you figure out ways to make it easier on your guys' lives to do 
Um, but we'll give you more info on that very soon. We got to set that all up probably this week. Um, tomorrow, we're probably not going to do a video, but I think Wednesday, I'm going to get this lady back uh, for our regular Maybe. 10 a.m. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm waiting to hear back about a meeting. So, but oh, good. if don't I worry. don't have the meeting in the morning, I will be here. Uh, either way, maybe we'll get you in the afternoon. We'll see. But um, we'll jump around on Wednesday. But until then, guys, stay tuned for all the fun stuff we have. We thank you so much for joining us for this first big event. We hope you enjoyed it. If you guys have any ideas for us, let us know. As always, check her out on the Disneyverse podcast and the Disney Librarian podcast. And for those who weren't able to watch, you can check us out. Oh, my thing went away. Let's see. Where'd it go? <laughs> I know. I've moved stuff around. There you go. There it is. YouTube, Twitter, our website in the middle. Thank you all. Be safe. Be happy. Be healthy. May the force be with you all. And everybody, appreciate the new year. Bye, guys.